0: I think I'm hooked. I'm moving to San Diego right now to eat a Ken's pizza. Welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut.
1: You know you know Keeping it all the way live.
0: Broadcasting live
1: from Hutchinson, Kansas.
0: Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I a had linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love it. I didn't that. know you were but I didn't know that you were a word
1: man. Yeah. Call Jiggy right now.
0: 267-22-JIGGY. Hey,
1: Jiggy, what's happening,
0: man? I <laughs> to be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. J- it's a great day, man. Thanks so much for having on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm, uh, you, know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my drink up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar.
1: I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours.
0: It's a hell of a Friday edition in the world famous this Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. I was having a conversation with myself about poop or something. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Doesn't matter. We are going to go to the old Skype a Rooney and we've got a great guest with us today here on our Friday edition of our big broadcast. And, uh, we're going to be talking the world of podcasting today. And we're also going to be talking about some of the different, uh, ins and outs of, uh, different podcasts and things of that nature and how they're done and uh we've got a great guest on skype audio joining us live i'm gonna go ahead and let let him introduce himself then we'll talk a little bit about why he's here go ahead and jump in there my friend and give us a brief introduction on yourself
1: hey what's happening this is daryl urbanski it's an honor and a pleasure to be here um Geez, my intro. Well, if people ask me what I do, I say I help businesses with websites get clients and keep them forever, or as long as human possible. And I'm known for helping create seven figure automated income streams from scratch.
0: That's awesome. That's really,
1: kind of the two things that I'm known for. Yeah.
0: That's also awesome. the host
1: of the best business podcast. Since you mentioned podcasting, um, which is yeah, which has gone extremely well. So yeah, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here and to be introduced to your audience. And I just hope really provide a lot
0: of value today. Well, let us let, do this. Let let's start with uh, with with what you do um, as a uh, in 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 the world of money and and everything else. How did you get started in 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 the business and uh, get to the point where you are now?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I was doing paper routes. I was babysitting. I was shoveling. i mean, from Canada, so we're shoveling neighbor's driveways, trying to um, trying to just make a couple of bucks that way if we could. Um, you know, and I've even done a lot of different models. I've done the freelance model. I've done a small franchise. I've done a lot of different things. Um, What really kind of got me into where I was going. I mean, I did freelance in Tokyo for a while, but where really things changed is when I came back to Canada. After that, I wanted to get into real estate, and I I done some traveling. And this might be interesting for some of the listeners. I well, I spent nine weeks in Africa. I done I've been all over the world a few times over, but it was nine weeks in Africa because I was outside of the culture in a lot of different ways. I was living with Muslims, and it was obviously very different than North than Canada. Um, I felt like I could observe different tiers of society. So what I mean by that is there were four kind of distinct tiers. There was the lowest tier. These people were unskilled, uneducated, a lot of them seemed to be dependent on um, just narcotic drugs and alcohol or moonshine, um, and they seem to have a hard life and struggle a lot. The next tier up were people who, uh, had a job or some kind of income, but especially in Africa, where there's like you know thousands of people looking for work and only a couple of hundred jobs, unless you were highly skilled at a high level, you didn't really have any leverage on your employer. You know, you were easily replaceable. uh, You know, and and you didn't get paid a lot. And then above them were the self-employed people, the the solopreneurs. They had these things called boda bodas, which were like uh, motorbikes, dirt bikes that they use like taxis because the car. Takes a lot of gas and is a big vehicle, so it's not as efficient, right? While well, these people are poor, so then there's those the solopreneurs, and they were like hunters that they would go out and they would find the work and they would keep the cash for themselves. But obviously, there's a lot of long hours, and you know if they got injured, they wouldn't make any money. And I saw the top tier of everybody were the people who created opportunities for others. So it was the guy who maintained the fleet of these dirt bikes and provided training on how to do it and how to make money and how to drive without getting into accidents. So through him, he was providing opportunity for others, but it also provided him stability and security himself. So um, anyways, I've done a lot of different things. Um, Most recently... I mean, after that, I came back. I got into running a martial arts school, built it to six figures, automated a lot of the internal processes, had four instructors and a manager and a couple of sales reps, got bored, put together a $10,000 travel package to go to Japan because I'd lived there for three years. I wanted to go back and do all my favorite stuff, sold a handful of those, went back for 30 days, had a great time, and when I left, a buddy of mine, I'd been kind of just coaching, and it wasn't necessarily like formal coaching. It's just I was investing everything I had in coaching and books and courses and seminars and all this stuff. And I was coming back, and you know, we're in the small town, and he was the only other online entrepreneur I kind of knew of. And we were talking about this stuff and feeding him ideas, and he was with an online business. It was an online business directory, kind of like Yellow Pages, but a little different. And uh, he was just operating a satellite office for the company. But when I, a couple days before I left to Japan, he called me and said, hey, Daryl, I got a promotion. They promoted me to CEO of the company. It's like a $1.4 million company out of Ottawa. And I was like, Corey, that's fantastic. He's like, no, you don't understand. I can't do this without you. I've never been a CEO before. I'm putting you on retainer. I'm going to pay you $2,500 a month. I need you to be available for conference calls, a couple of meetings, You know, maybe five to ten hours a week. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. You want to pay me $2,500 a month to be available for a handful of calls in a handful of hours? I was like, I'm in the wrong business. Like, I am a martial arts school. I had it, you know, under wraps, but it was still a lot of people. There's still a lot of customers, still have five instructors, still have sales reps. There's still a lot of people involved. Uh, and there's churn, obviously, in any sort of membership-based business. So that's where I started to feel like not only money and, and simplicity-wise, but also impact as well. Because every business needs a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand of customers to stay afloat. So I really dawned on me because this company, they were much bigger and having a way bigger impact in Ottawa than my little martial arts school with my couple of hundred students. You know, they had thousands of businesses under them and, you know, and I realized that by helping that company and helping the businesses under them, just indirectly, just a project we were doing, that I was effectively having a, uh, an exponential impact on the world. So that's when I really got into wanting to do uh, more business coaching, consulting and helping people and not necessarily like as a profession. But just almost like the guy you see in Central Park playing eight games of chess, you know, like a strategy when you go to implement it, your head goes down and you implement it, you know. But I've been learning all this stuff. It was really fun for me to problem solve in all these different scenarios. I just have a really good brain for that. Um, And then, yeah, and then so I started, I wrote a couple of books, put them up on Amazon, short books. I call them books for busy people. And I I started, and I did on three different topics. I wasn't sure what people wanted, and one of them started to gain traction. So I practiced what I preach and I marketed it. and I got it to hit number one on Amazon for the top 100 of marketing and sales. And I used that to get on television and radio and the newspaper, put together a business coaching group. And out of all that, I ended up getting headhunted by John Assaraf from the movie The Secret to come work for him awesome. down in San Diego.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, we've we've, yeah, we've, so, we've interviewed
0: many people who have either been featured in the secret or have been uh have been uh, in that world so that that that's pretty cool that uh that that you were uh contacted by him and and worked for him for a little bit how, how did that how did that whole thing come about you said that uh he he you were headhunted by him did did, did an agency get a hold of you or did he did he how did that work
1: no um
0: I I
1: I think I need to be careful a little bit what I what I say, but the <laughs> short version is, is they were looking for help in the marketing department.
0: That's awesome. And That's awesome.
1: They were interviewing people and screening them and doing aptitude tests and such, and and really just based on a, a word of mouth gesture, I my name got mentioned and I did this aptitude test and uh, apparently I scored really high in some areas and and John invited me to fly down to San Diego, so That's I flew awesome. down and then they. Made me an offer I couldn't refuse—a percent of everything I helped them make, a, a very sizable salary, and a very sizable uh, payment to move to San Diego, and the opportunity to work with him. And he's, you know, helped create five multi-million-dollar companies. So I, I jumped at the opportunity. I went down there, and what I didn't realize though is, in the first 30 days there, I realized that the company was uh, on the verge—I don't know—it was on the verge of bankruptcy in the sense, not we weren't past due on anything, but the account receivables were drying up. The run rate was 100k a month. And you know, and, and everybody in the admin at the highest level at least was freaking out. You know, they weren't really saying much to anyone else but they were freaking out. Wow. And uh, I I didn't know. I asked John, I'm like, John, why are things so stressful and he told me that and he said, you know, if we don't do, you know, two hundred to to two hundred two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars before uh November, this is the beginning of October you know, we're going to have to let a bunch of people go, and it's going to be right for Christmas, and, and create kind of this doomsday scenario in my head. And so that freaked me out because I just moved, you know, and I was getting paid all this stuff, but it's all an in installments; It's not like a lump sum up front. So we, we talked about what we had to sell, and, and uh, I came up with the idea of selling the most expensive things that we had. And so John had sold $25,000 a day of consulting uh, once to a, a client in Australia, I said, all right, let's sell some more of that. And then he had a, a business, uh, an event called Cloning of Success with his previous business. It was a three day event. So, all right, let's do a business version of that. He priced that 7500 US. And we did a promotion and we sold about a quarter of a million dollars worth of stuff in October, trying to sell the consulting with John and then downselling the three day event out of that. And then in November, we did a launch that was an annual thing. That was their third year they have done it. Although I think they just wrote the first year off because then the next year was the third year again. And, you know, and we did this launch. We did a hour web presentation, and we got about 25,000 people to register, and we did around $650,000 in November. Wow. And basically what I did is that's when I started playing around with kind of what I do with database marketing automation, and I automated it, and then it became an event that we ran every weekend. And we started doing advertising for it and we scaled it up from a budget of $500, you know, making a couple, like a, I think we made $2,000 our first week uh, to to spending as much as we could and doing seventy to to $100,000 a week. And then um, I left them, uh, you know, a lot of fast growth, a lot of people onboarded um, my style. I wasn't, and anyways, there was some head up at the top, not with John, I have a ton of respect with John, but we onboarded some people I didn't get along with and I didn't feel I was being treated fair, so I walked. And then I've just been kind of doing coaching, consulting, and and really just repeating what I've done. That's why I've gotten the reputation for to having to create these automated funnels. So, um, and that kind of brings us to present day. The podcast I started was really, as a side note, I set a personal goal to help to generate a million dollars by my birthday, April fifteenth, April fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. I I wanted to make a million dollars, and uh, I was a little was like a little depressed. I was making a ton of money, you know, more money than I think I'd ever made before in my life and my salary plus percent of all this stuff and i was talking to a friend he goes well how much you make a job you know take a look at that and i realized that this pet project that i did evenings and weekends because it was separate from the day-to-day business stuff when i evergreen when i we call it evergreen when i automated it um you know it was evenings and weekends because i was i just moved i left all this stuff up in canada to come to this and what we're, we're on the verge of letting people go what like what did i do so um, I took a look, and we'd done 1.4 million, and we were on pace to do 1.6 million by that date, which would have been a clear, like 1.1, 1.2 million dollars. And I realized that I I wasn't clear. You got to be careful what you ask for. I'd done the million dollars, I just didn't do it for myself. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, and that kind of brings us to present day today. So
0: now with uh, with oh this uh, with what's with, with, with the podcast that you're doing, um you said that that just kind of happened accidentally how how did How did the idea come to you about hey, I want to sit down, I want to apply what i've got uh, as experience and everything and put together a podcast?
1: yeah, well, this came out of a meeting that we had it was just talk that never really went anywhere and uh, cause there's a lot of brainstorming sessions and, um, one of the things John says, you know, we should set a goal to try to help create 20,000, that was the number, 20,000 new millionaires. And then when I heard that, I'm like, no one's going to, I don't believe that. Like, no one's going to believe that. And that just kind of went to the side. And sorry, as I said, I kind of, I guess, had a brave heart for God. But when I told my friend and, and said that I was like depressed, like I'm making great money, but I'm nowhere near my million dollars. He asked me to go look at what I did for John. I realized that I'd done it. And then when I came back and told him, he said, you know, Daryl, if I knew the people you knew that have the conversations you have with them, I'd be doing multi-million dollar marketing campaigns too. And that's what sparked the idea because I was very fortunate. I'd honestly invested probably 50 to now $100,000 in my education through coaching programs and mentorship and books and courses and seminars and all that stuff, you know. Um, and so that's why I decided let me create a podcast. And let me interview some of these phenomenal people I've managed to rub elbows with, like Darren Hardy, the, the, uh, the founder of Success Magazine, uh, uh, Max Karen, he's, he's, he was there with Outback Steakhouse when they had two restaurants. He's on five board of directors of five companies doing over a hundred million, has his own index on the NASDAQ, was an actual Top Gun fighter in the Vietnam War. You know, just phenomenal people of, 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 great character, who are world-class in their respective fields. So I didn't really have a plan for anything. I just wanted to be of value to these people, and I knew that I could just call them up and have very candid conversations with them, uh, things that people would pay a ton of money for. Matt's Carey is a great example. Inc. Magazine's paid him three, four, five times 25 grand for an hour of his time, but I did an interview with him and asked him all sorts of point black questions Point blank questions and just give it away for free in the podcast. So that was really the the modus operandi was I'm going to interview all these phenomenal people. I had to pay so much money, and I had to cut all these corners, and I had to not have a car and all this to afford these coaching programs to get myself the knowledge so I could do this stuff. Um, I wanted to make it easier for other people, so I set a goal to help create 200 new multi millionaire business owners, and uh, the podcast was just you know it was just it was just a way to kind of get that started.
0: We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our Friday edition of the world famous Chicky Cheek Radio Program, talking a little bit about podcasting and uh, also about uh, business and uh, marketing. Now, um, wh- when you first sat down and you thought, "Okay, we're going to put this podcast together," um, did you have? Uh, did you research it? How, how exactly did you did you come to putting this together? As far as from the idea to actually getting it going.
1: Right. Well, I mean, so in marketing, you know, Ken McCarthy, one of my mentors, used to say traffic plus conversion. And I've I I like to use traffic times conversion. I never would have figured it out without him, but that's really kind of what the marketing formula is. It's traffic times conversion equals profit, or it's traffic times conversion equals leads times conversion equals sales times conversion equals repeat sales and you figure out what that formula is and it becomes very simple arithmetic and as long as you can maintain constants, meaning you're getting the same type of prospect, you know, if your if your market is females who are over fifty, then, you know, you can't expect the same results to be showing it to, to teenage boys. So if you maintain constants, you can almost predict your results. Blank units times blank price equals a million dollars. That's Two thousand five hundred dollar units, five hundred two thousand dollar units, one thousand one hundred dollar or one thousand one one thousand dollar units. Um, so with the podcast, I just knew that I wanted to create an audience. I just knew I didn't need work at the time. I was okay after what I'd done for John when I walked. He'd sung my praises to his personal network, and a lot of them reached out to me to do work for them. And um, so at the time, it was, I was my market, and these people, like I said, like, some of these people are who's who. One of, Jermaine Griggs, my, one of my closest friends, he does a quarter of a million dollars a month, and literally has a four-hour work week. Now, it took him 14, 15 years to get there, um, but, I mean, it's a phenomenal, who's not gonna wanna sit down and listen to that? Like, there's not a lot of market research that needs to be done, uh, and I just put it out there, essentially. So, I knew I just wanted to be the evangelist for a community, that I wanted to just, like, cause there's a lot of, Charlatans. There's a lot of people who want to fake it till they make it, and I kind of get why that saying is. And and maybe yeah, now that I've got like you know a track record, maybe it's easier for me to say that than when I was before. Um, but it was just I just really just wanted to put out great quality info, and I wanted to be of value to the guests. That was the other part of it. Yes. People don't understand that. Yes.
0: Now and, and and see that's and see that's that's the thing. We we we've got a great guest with us today here in our Friday edition of the world famous Chicago Radio program and uh, it always happens when I have a guest, we have people who want to call in and troll the guest. But uh we're not going to let that happen today. Now um no. putting putting this show together, what was some of your um ideas that you had that, that you wanted to make sure that you got out there for the general public?
1: Well again if you 're trying to help people generate seven figures with their business, you need to cover all the different aspects you there's really there's i mean you can use different terminology, but generally speaking in most businesses you 'll have a traffic team, a conversion team, and a client fulfillment team um, or another way to say it is if you 're talking about positions you 'll have a marketing person, a product person, and an operations and a finance person and So I just wanted to interview top experts in all those fields for my own education because it's easy, it can be easier if you, you know, if you're media to get uh, access to people and through gatekeepers. But like I said, it was really I just need to get the best content out there and and get rid of the fluff as much as possible. you know, just sit by the fireside, pick these people's brains and just tell their stories of how they got started and the challenges they faced and the failures they had and what they figured out and what they would do different now if they could, and what they would tell themselves or someone who was struggling or you know and, and just and just be a conduit just really just connect them to the people. Like right now I'm going to put ads for my own products in my podcast at some point, but right now there's no ad. It's just the experts kind of pitch at the end of the call because like I said, it was really just about, you know, Zig Ziglar said you can have anything you want if you help enough people get what they want. And that's one of the things that I realized that, you know, especially once, once if you're not living month to month, you know, if you have any kind of savings, you know, you kind of move up that hierarchy of needs, where now it's really about helping others, and it's, you know, if you're not in a scarcity mindset, it's about sharing and helping, and like I said, I'd spent a ton of money on things that just were garbage, I just, I, I knew, like, I just, I mean, in the in the formula I works in almost any business, too, I, I, uh, I'm not really capitalizing on even today, I got a ton of offers, but I'm still busy with everything else I got going on, but I mean, if I had, it's my backyard, if I was, this is an analogy, uh, and if, it wouldn't work in the real world, but just listen, if I put bird food out in my backyard every day, my parents do it, you know, more and more birds would come. Over time, more birds would come get this free, free bird seed. This is awesome. And after a while, if I set up a little table and I had bottles of water and I said, hey, guys, here's your free bird seed. By the way, if you're thirsty, I got bottles of water. It's a dollar a bottle. That's a great business model. Yes. There's nothing salesy or sleazy about it. There's nothing like that at all. And that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm creating a marketplace that I'm not even going – I'm not the only one benefiting from. The experts – benefit the people connect with them and pay for the results that they get they
0: benefit and i just get to be in the center of it all i think that is fantastic (laughs) i just think that's fantastic as far as uh uh, coming from a a marketing perspective and 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 putting all that together now um if if people want to download the podcast or they want to get a hold of you how do they do that exactly
1: Sure. While well, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and most of them, I I did keyword research. If nobody knows what keyword research is, it's it's really it's what people's thoughts are. They put into the search engine and they look for. And everyone was looking for the best business podcast, so that's why I named my podcast. So you can just do a search for the best business podcast. Probably might need to put my name with it, Daryl Urbanski, Urbanski. You can find me on social media. You can go to BestBusinessCoach.ca. Uh, you know, you can listen to what you got going on here. You've got a great
0: show as well. So, well, the one thing, and you you bring up uh, you bring up a a great topic, and that is keywords. Um, yeah. Myself and uh, my my uh, my old uh, co-host. From the Sunday radio program, Mr. Ross Long used to use keywords like crazy. Um, when, when we were, when we were uploading YouTube videos or putting things out there. Um, I actually had a, a business partner and a friend at one time who he, he owned a nightclub and they did comedy and there was a comedy club down the road in another town who would steal his um, his comedians like weeks ahead of time. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> I'm in the middle of telling the Brian story, and we lose him. Okay, well, let's call his phone again. Well, <laughs> we're talking about keywords. There we are.
1: Sorry, there's no more room to
0: record new messages. Oh, there's no more room to record messages. Okay, well. Uh, we got Daryl's voicemail, and it it that was it. Well, uh, I guess if we get him back on, we'll talk about that. If not, well, we'll move on down the road. It is, of course, the Friday edition of the world famous Chicky Chekwa radio program. Thanks for joining us here on our broadcast. We were talking with um, the Best Business Coach dot CA, Mister Daryl. Daryl Yabansky. And uh he's best known for his ability to create seven figure automated income streams from scratch. We're gonna see if we can get Mr. Daryl back on to telephone, And we'll see if we can get him back. We'll see if it picks up. Daryl Oh, Daryl's sorry, now. There's no more room. There's no more room. There's no more room at the end, kids. I think that's Daryl calling us on the uh, on Skype or he's calling us on the telephone, the traditional telephone, and we will go back to the phones, Daryl. how are you, sir? Hey.
1: hey, I'm good. My apologies for
0: that no problem, no problem i didn't i i I figured you probably stepped into a bad spot or Skype fails me <laughs> once again. It's one of the two. But, um, what, what, what I was getting ready to, what I was, what I was, we were getting ready to talk about keywords and, and I had a friend at one point who he, he owned a, he owned a comedy club and there was another comedy club probably, I don't know, an hour away. And what they started doing is they started booking his comics, uh, several weeks in advance. So they would basically play that there before they played his show and, He, the turnout was not good. So, what he did is he was, he was a marketing guy. So, he went in and he bought all their keywords. And so, so people would search, uh, you know, Looney Bin or Looney Bin, Kansas. So, they would search these keywords. They wouldn't find it. So these comedians and these agencies started calling up this loony bin, and they're like, hey, we, we can't find your club in a search. Does this place even exist? And so finally, <laughs> they figured out who they had to get a hold of. So they got a hold of Brian, and they said, hey, what can we do to get you to release our keywords? And he's like, well, if you work with me on booking comics instead of, Trying to book them the same weekend I have them, or or doing something to intentionally hurt my business, and so they worked out deals on different things, and he released their keywords. But the, the the point of that is, you were talking about keywords. That is a powerful, powerful thing in uh in the internet, and a lot of people sleep on on this on this keyword situation. Why is that? Do people just not understand it?
1: Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's actually a phenomenal thing to bring up. And, there's, you know, you might, not be, you might not expect the answer I'm going to give you. So, first of all, keywords are really powerful. And the reason why they're powerful is because, never, like, if you were a marketer or a business owner or a sales rep, how valuable would it be to you to be able to read your prospects' minds? Like, read their minds and know their innermost secrets and what they're really thinking when they're talking to you. Yes. You can do that because people are alone in their room and they're on the computer and they don't think anyone's watching. And they're really, you know, people, big brothers watching, but it's an aggregate. It's not necessarily them as an individual. And they put their actual thoughts, feelings, and thinking process into the search bar. Yes. You know? And so that's, that's extremely powerful. Like people will confess what they're really looking for. And you can intercept them when they're looking and they're doing the research and they're thinking about it. You want to buy a car? do some research on it okay well hey what's the best time to get in front of me when i'm doing research on on what kind of cars i might want to take you get you know so that's why keywords can be so powerful because you can intercept people when they're already in momentum like we're already gaining momentum towards a purchase but there's a caveat to that so second of all there's a big downside to keywords and i actually have a bit of a beef with a lot of inbound marketing terms i mean you need inbound marketing it really to me it's just proper like relationship management and proper ethics. It's not branding. It's
0: just <laughs>
1: doing business ethically. Even if yep. yep. you don't have an ethical bone in your body, it's it's financially better, smarter for you to treat people as best as possible. You're gonna get more referrals, have you know, more repeat customers. It's just gonna, you're gonna win down the road. Like, it's just a no-brainer. But what you can't do with keywords. If I rank for a keyword, so first a little tip for anyone that's really in the keyword game. You know, your site can only take up a couple of spots in Google. And what we used to do is we used to get a WordPress blog on the WordPress like your like yourbusiness.wordpress.com. We used to get a Squidoo lens, a Wikipedia page. We would use all these other high-ranking sites and create content on them with our keyword, and those would just dominate. So you would just dominate the first two or three pages of Google because you would be on 17 different high-ranking sites, and your sites, though, too, you take up your two spots, but you just push everybody else's down because most people, you know, you're competing against the people around you. You know, it's like you don't have to be the tallest corn stalk. You just have to be the tallest corn stock out of the bunch.
0: <laughs> so you can just slaughter
1: people in organic, range. like that right there for a lot of people might be worth, you know, the, the, the whatever time they invest in this call. But even more than that, though, what you can't do with inbound marketing and keyword research and content marketing is you can't just flip a switch and go get, I'm going to go to 300 new buyers today. I'm going to go get 300 leads today. I'm, I'm going to go scale my business up and get 1,000 customers. You can't do that. SEO takes time. Content takes time. It's a trickle effect. It's a long-term strategy. You know, there's only three ways to get traffic. You buy it, you borrow it, or you build it. I am borrowing traffic right now. I am borrowing your audience's attention, and if somebody likes what I said, they might come check me out. I'm borrowing it. In exchange, you get content. The listeners get fresh content, good content. Everybody wins, win, win, win all around. Right? Building it is like what you're doing with your show and what I'm doing with my show. We're building our audiences over time. It's like a well you can turn to. Boom, there's people there you can talk to whenever you want. But it's not it's not rapid. But being able to buy traffic, if you can make, if you want to have a seven figure business, an eight figure business, a hundred million dollar business, you have to. Like the biggest difference between a small town business, like a small small business, a mom and pop shop, and a nationwide brand is the ability to do nationwide advertising. If it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. If you can figure that out, you can just write a check. And go. You know what? Let's get another four hundred customers today. Let me just write this check. Ah, there we go. I mean, that's how we did it with John. It wasn't magic. We were paying for advertising, and we knew what we could afford to spend per lead. And you know, in the beginning, you don't know. It's an experiment. Be scientific with it. We're experimenting. We're putting this together with this and Frankenstein and stuff, and it breaks and ah, uh, crying and ah, uh, money. Hey, we have got some life out of this. You know, hey, let's let's you know, let's try and see if we can get more. You know, and just and pumping that, and then we. Just, You know, we just knew at the very beginning we were spending $3.50 a lead, and we were grossing $27 per lead. That was the beginning. It flatlined as we spent more, but we were still, at our worst, we were spending $12, at least while I was with the company. At our worst, we were spending around $12 a lead, and we were still grossing around $24 to $26 a lead. You know, so if you had a slot machine where you could put in a dollar and get $2 there, how much money would you put into it? You know, I'm not interested in stocks at all. I would way prefer, way more prefer to put my money into Proven marketing campaigns. There's, um, uh, Claude Hopkins is one of the, the living legends, grandfathers of modern advertising. He wrote a book called Scientific Advertising. David Ogilvy, who's also a living legend, t- wrote a testimonial for that book saying, no one should have anything to do with advertising until they've read this book at least seven times. It changed the course of my life. And one of the things Claude Hopkins says in that is, let the thousands tell you what the millions will do. So when you do anything often enough, a pattern emerges. And that's a constant. And then as long as you keep things constant, you can expect the same result. So that's where the same thing again with John. We would use thousands of people, establish our baseline metrics, and we would just slowly scale it up. You know, you, you, you buy a 1,000 clicks. How do we do? All right, let's buy 5,000 more. Are we still okay? All right, let's buy 5,000 more. Still okay? All right, let's buy 10,000. How are we doing? All right, we're okay. All right, let's get you know. And then you just <laughs> around for advertising. And so... Well, a lot of people, what they fear they fail in business is they think that doing what their business does is what a business is about, and it's not. If you look at entrepreneur in the dictionary, it is a person who organizes a business or businesses. It is not the person who answers the phone, does the paperwork, unclogs the toilets, helps the customers, makes the signs, sweeps. The- well, that's not what an entrepreneur is it's not what a business owner is so your business needs to be like a black box like a, like a car wash where the car goes in dirty on one end and comes out squeaky clean and shiny on the other and what makes that happen that's a franchise The franchise is a series of operation manuals and training that's a franchise the franchise headquarter does all the marketing and they figure they test small they let the thousands tell them what works and then they roll it out to all the millions of people across the nation that's what a franchise is And so all entrepreneurs, you know, that's what you have to do. Whatever you do, you have to get it to turn into a well-oiled machine that performs a specific function to get a specific result. And then you have management and checks and balances in place, and this is your little money-making black box. And then it's your, your onus or your responsibility as the owner and the visionary to now go. If your black box cures a problem, if you solve arthritis for people, it's your obligation to go out and save every person suffering from arthritis in the world and find them and pay money if you have to to tell them, look, I can, there's a better way I can change your life. Please just give me five seconds to prove it to you and put them through your black box and change their lives. And that's why I want to help create transit multi multimillionaires because that's how I see business as, as should be run. And if I can achieve that goal, like, right, that'll be a legacy that my great, great, great grandkids will talk about.
0: We've got a fabulous guest with us today. He joins us live here on our Friday edition of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program. Daryl Jabrenski is a uh, podcast host. He's also got Best He has grown an amazing seven-figure business, and uh, he's with us today here on the telephone, talking a little bit about himself and uh, the world of podcasting. Now, um. Uh, with with the feedback that you've gotten on on your on your broadcast, have have you gotten it? Uh, has it been mostly positive? Have you gotten folks that have asked questions? Uh, kind of delve into that and give me some details on that.
1: Sure, sure. So, I mean, right now we've been around. We launched Christmas Eve, two thousand fourteen um so the end of this year will be two years so we're like a year and a half we've had around something around 130,000 downloads which is pretty good we're averaging just under 2,000 downloads a uh, week right now we get uh we post a lot on social media we get a ton of positive feedback about that um really I've only ever had a negative feedback from guests not liking the title of their show and it's not necessarily negative it's like hey you know, I'd like this headline, you know, can we change the headline? I want to, you know, I want to focus on this part of the, you know, like, I want to, I want to, I want to highlight this thing that we talked about in the interview, you know, and so that's, and that's not, again, it's not even really been negative. It's almost just been an exclusively positive experience, um, just in terms of creating goodwill in the marketplace in terms of creating goodwill with a lot of people who are my peers and mentors uh, for creating, like digging a well before you're thirsty. Like I, I've, if I get 2000 downloads a week and I'm ever hungry for work, I, all I have to literally do is upload an audio saying, Hey, do you want me to take a look at your business? Go to, you know, www. This site here and fill out my application form and let's hop on a call and see what we can like. And you know, like I'm never going to be hungry in that sense. Like it's just, I mean, I don't want to say never knock on wood, but, I mean, you know, it, it, it'd be a, it'd be a, a, an insult to my trade, my chosen profession, if I wasn't able to do something with an audience of 2,000 people a week. So, um, no, it's just been great. I actually even had uh, handwritten letters. I had a hand, guy in Scotland write me a handwritten letter and mail it in. Found out he's already my friend on Facebook. I didn't even know that, but he was so touched, he wanted to do something special, you know, just to... Just to just to he wanted to reach out and touch me like he felt I touched him through what I've been delivering. and like he's created he studied it, he's created a career out of what he's learned. Um, you know, and that's that's invaluable. And there's more than just money in this life. Like money's just one thing, you know, and you can't take it with you. Um, it's really a small thing. Like the world, life's world is about people. Like a company is just a collection of people working together towards a common goal. Often it's to create a product or service to serve another group of people so it's all about people and taking care of people so just take care of people do what you love surround yourself with other people build a team so that way everything that needs to get done gets done and you know and that's it like at the end of the day that's it you know we don't really know what happens we, we only really guaranteed this one life that's all we really know we get so you know just live it that's that's it at the end of the day you know
0: We've got a fabulous guest with us today. Daryl Ormanski joins us here in our broadcast today for uh, a Friday edition, and uh, there there is a lot uh, that it takes to put something like this together, as far as uh, the technical aspect and the tools. Um, what what was some of the some of the different tools that you that did you go out immediately and like? Do like some of these people do, where they go out and they 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 jump on uh, one one of the radio websites and buy a podcast starter kit, or <laughs> how, how, how how did yeah. you how did you build your 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 deal? Did did you use equipment that you already had? How, how how did you build your 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 broadcast? Basically,
1: got it, got it. Well, I mean, in this day and age, uh, with technology being what it is, you can do almost everything with your smartphone. You know, really. Um, at the end of the day, buying a couple of Skype plug-ins, an, a, an LG headset, <clears throat> getting set up with Libsyn, which stands for Liberated Syndication, to, to basically, you know, use their wizard to just upload your files and your, con- your titles and your descriptions and stuff and just have them handle the rest of it for you, and that's, you know, that's really it, and again, this great network of people, John Lee Dumas, a friend of mine, I've had lunch at his house. Ask them about how how do you launch a podcast? Well, you get eight weeks in the new and noteworthy section. That's where you get to kind of fill your boots with your organic traffic. You know, so your first eight weeks, you, you know, you need to make a count. And, uh, you know, don't just launch with only one episode. Have a couple of things for people to listen to. So you put a few things up and, you know, you get out and you just, you just start, again, you just, you gotta know where your your market is. You gotta know where they hang out, and then the same thing. It's if you're going in trying to sell people right away. I mean, it's like standing outside the ladies' room, being you know, like, "Hey, you want to go home? Hey, you want to go home? Hey, you want to go home?" You know, uh, versus just being like, "Hey, I have something for you. If you have time, this is why. This is this is what I got. This is what'll do for you. And this is what to do next if you're interested." And. You know, so it's just, it's just really, like, we haven't used any paid media, I know I talked about that, but it's just been, I haven't even asked any of the guests to promote, the like, my podcast at all. In fact, I haven't asked anyone to promote anything. I've, I haven't even told a lot of my guests when their episodes come out, because they're pre-recorded. So, I've really just been kind of stealthily releasing the stuff, and sharing it in groups on Facebook, and LinkedIn, you know, on social media, just posting it up, you know, up and around, and really, it's kind of just grown organically. A couple of guests have maybe heard that their episode was live and promoted it, but... I haven't really gotten out and made a lot of fanfare yet, but that's because, again, the, uh, the formula is traffic times conversion equals dollars. And I don't have an offer yet. I, you know, I'm, I've got a couple of smaller courses that I'm testing. i got a beta group of people. When I get that dialed in, I get my paid advertising dialed in, and I know it works. Then I'll create an audio ad of what works with paid media, and I'll put that in my podcast, beginning, middle, and end. It would be like an extra 20 seconds or more, you know, each spot. And then I'll go back to all these guests and go, hey, guess that I had on my show that's got an email list of 100,000 people. By the way, I never told you our interview was released. Here, I got you 2,000 downloads for your interview. Um, here's the interview if you want to share it. I hope you don't mind. I put you know 60 seconds worth of me selling my stuff in there, but the rest of the hour is you and your, your plug at the end. If you'd love to share this with your listeners, I'd really appreciate it. By the way... Uh, if you want, you can also be a, a joint venture partner or an affiliate for that program that I put the ads in and, and make some revenue off of it, by the way. And, that, you know, and that's where I really want to save that juice for. So you know, and, you know, people, yeah, this content, just, it's just been to create, it's been to build that audience, to build that marketplace, to be at the center of it all. You're putting food, bird food out every day going, guys, hey, you scared about making payroll? Hey, you're scared about you know, speeding a competition? hey, you're trying to quit your nine-to-five-day job? Come and get this free bird food. Learn, fill your boots to the, you know, fill your boots to it, you know, eat until you're so full, and, you know, and when I've got water or something to sell, I'll be back and I know that, you know, you'll give me a shot because I've been so good to you. And I think, again, it just comes down to just being about helping people. And knowing I was my own market, that makes it easy, you know. Some people say, like, people have different opinions. You, know, you and I, we're only two people. It's really hard for us to predict and anticipate the needs, wants, feelings, and emotions of hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, there's every shape under, you know, there's every color of the rainbow. But if you kind of are your own market, you can get an intuitive knowledge that can be beneficial over your competition, which goes back to doing what you love and being passionate about what you do. Um, you know, it can just it can just give you an advantage. So. I hope I answered your question. I don't know
0: I uh, yep, you got it. You got it, my friend. You got it. We've got a uh, great guest with this today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about uh, technology and also marketing. Um, as a marketing expert uh, and some of the things that you've been involved in, Uh, one of, one of the biggest missed marketing opportunities I think people are going through right now, as far as businesses are concerned, is this Pokemon Go thing. I see so many people doing this crap. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine who's actually a marketing, uh, marketing guy for a local roller derby team. Immediately pop up on social media a couple of days ago, and he goes, hey, he goes, businesses should get themselves listed on Google Maps, and you can do all these things. And, and he's like, you need to get listed, and you need to offer specials to these Pokemon people if they come in, and they're searching for the Pokemon Offer them a, you know, for every Pokemon person that comes in, they get a free drink or they get a half price this or whatever. And everybody and their brothers playing it, so they're going to show up, their friends are going to be there, and they might stay and patronize the business. Um, what are, as a marketing person, is, is this a missed opportunity for things with, with this craze right now? Or, or how do you, how do you look at this?
1: Yeah. I First of all, I just want to say I think you asked fabulous questions because this Thank one you. is a really good one too. So I do. I really do because this, this, I think there's going to be a couple of lessons that come out of this. So first of all, it can be a missed opportunity, but also it could just be a distraction. And here's what I mean. So the campaign that I built for John did 1.4 to 1.6 million dollars before I left. So we did that. I was working for him for about nine months. We did that in the last four or five months, you know, 1.4, 1.6 million, not bad. Now, in less than three years, he's continued to promote the exact same thing. Of course, he's done testing and optimization, but it's essentially the exact same offer, the exact same promotion, the exact same product, the exact same special. He's been promoting for just under three years now, using paid media, and of course, his own list and network, and they've done just around $7.5 million with that. Now, if this was just a Valentine's Day special, if this was just a Black Friday sale, if this was just a Christmas holiday special, it would be a one and done until next year comes around. So it really depends where your focus is in. If you already have something like that, then, you know, maybe you do want to make a special offer. That's really just targeted marketing. You're targeting a specific group of people. You want to create that this-is-for-me feeling. He's talking to me. You know, I say, hey, America, hey, American, hey, Canadian, Hey, hey, guys, like, you want to get way more specific than that. There's so much noise that if you had a marketing campaign that was specific for Pokemon Go people, they're going to jump out at that because there's, there's like, polarity in the marketplace. There's people who are fanatical about it. And there's people who, are like, get out of here with that, right? And it, you know, it's okay to cause that. Look at Donald Trump. It's okay to cause the polarity. It'll make you more attractive to the people that that resonate with you, and it'll repel and, and get away the people that are just going to be a pain in your butt anyways because you have different values. So in some ways, a promotion like that would be a good opportunity. But I actually had a friend who I was helping, and she was trying to plan a Black Friday sale. And I said, why are you doing the sale? Well, I'm trying to make money. How much money are you trying to make? You need to make $25,000. Then we did some basic arithmetic, and there was no way that her Black Friday sale, with her existing means, her existing reach, without hoping something special happens, could produce that income. What would have been better for her would have pick something that's more specific to a person all year round, you know, for left-handed, one-legged, blonde ladies suffering from breast cancer. Like, that's so specific. Most people, <laughs> they don't get specific enough. Yes. Right? Most people are never specific enough. And that's the beauty of the Internet. With Facebook, I can target people that, have, that are newlyweds, that are about to go on vacation, that just bought a house, that are, are looking to buy a car that, like, are interested in specific pages, you can get so targeted, so targeted. It's why, you know, so so that's, I hope that, you know, that's kind of where I'm coming at. It could be, but at the same time, are you, it's like a big ship, you know, it takes time to change directions and turn around. So you could do something for this Pokemon craze, but it's a phase, you know. So I like to focus on evergreen things. I like to focus on stuff, you know, that's why I don't have my own ads and my own podcast now. I've got things I can sell that would sell to my own audience. But I want to, I want to create 200 new multimillionaires. I need a big audience for that. You know, not everyone's going to make it. And I'm not going to do that. Like, if you promote it to your audience, my buddy promotes it to their audience, great. I'll make some money. I'll make some sales. That's great. I can do that anytime. If I want to do something that I can generate thousands of customers with, I need to be, it needs to run, you know, like summer, fall, winter. Like <laughs> yes. It to just work. Yes. You know, like Geico, 15 minutes can save you 15% on car insurance. Have you ever heard that company say anything else? Ever have you ever nope. heard them say any other offer other than fifteen percent can save you fifty or fifteen minutes can save fifty percent on car insurance? They tested. I bet they tested the snot out of 250, <laughs> 350 different offers, and they said, "You know what? This gives us the best quality lead for the lowest price."
0: Well, there was a uh, you. You bring up an interesting point there, my friend. That there was a. Uh, it was very annoying, but it worked. In the uh, guy was like two, three years ago, maybe, maybe, I don't know, It was there was a, um, a company that used to advertise on the news channels, Fox News and CNN and all that, and they had some sort of pain reliever and they basically had this sentence and they repeated it over and over and over and over and over and it got really annoying and people hated it and other companies made fun of it but I read somewhere that because they had that same phrase and they repeated it over and over and over and over and over and over, they sold a crap out of whatever the hell they were trying to sell.
1: Yeah, it, it <laughs> no. comes down, and now the, the, you're, you're totally right, and it really starts to come down to what style of marketer are you? So I'm a direct response marketer. I were at a geek conference for marketers. I'd say a, I'm a direct response database automation marketer. And Yokito Taco Bell was a phrase that was said that's what it might might probably be both different examples talking about but that was actually one of the most spectacular failures because it was so popular so viral and it did nothing for their sales so it's a great example of branding that there's no measured results you know when you and online forces you to be a direct response marketer direct response marketing is like coupon marketing
0: how much do i spend
1: to syndicate these coupons how many coupons do we get back this is my cost. This is what I made. This is what, it earned, what I earned per coupon delivered. You know, if I want to make more money, how many more? If I I want to make, you know, it just becomes arithmetic. All right, if I made a dollar for every coupon I delivered and I want to make $100,000, how many coupons do I need to hand out? It just becomes really simplistic, you know. So, like you said, it, I mean, it just depends. Are they tracking it? I think Geico probably tracks it. The fact that it's been going for so long and they're every They've got, like, planes in the sky where there's things, far behind it like that offer just works you know if you have a car you probably have an apartment you can insure your apartment you might have a business you might have a home you might have loved ones you might need pet insurance traveling you know but if you got a car you probably need a job to the car, which means you can pay for insurance you know so that's where it's not it's simple but it's not easy and it's often a ton of testing and you have to be very scientific about it but I really think that that's where people should focus if you have a business you gotta focus like what is your core offer that you can just Hey, write a check, you know, as long as I'm paying this much per thousand people, I'm I know that I'm gonna be good. I know that between, you know we knew that we knew that for everyone who signed up for our, our event, again, going back to what John, we knew that between one point I think it was one point two to one point eight percent of people would purchase a thousand dollar product. We made the numbers work. We were able to buy traffic at a price where the numbers worked, with one point two to one point eight. Maybe it was 1.8 to 2.4. It was in there. It's somewhere around that. But it was small. I mean, direct mail. When people send mail, like if they get a one percent return on that, that's a successful campaign. So it's a, it's it's an arithmetic business, and it's about testing and being scientific, and you know, and and following best practices when you're new. Just like a cook, you follow the recipe. You know, you don't stray from the recipe. And then once you're experienced, then you can play around a little.
0: It is it is a heck of a. Uh heck of a deal the way that the marketing and and business world is uh i'll mm-hmm. definitely have to say now uh, with with your podcast and the way that that you mentioned uh you know the, the 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 promoting of it and you don't even sometimes let the guests know that you're even you know it it, it just happens to get posted um right. what's what's your traffic like then for uh for the podcast if it is is it is it is it fluctuating how does that work
1: yeah so well you know that's interesting to say we've had some anomalies we had a couple of days where we got thousand thousand downloads in a day it's happened a few times in the last month and we're trying to figure out what we're doing that's causing that or is it some external factor outside of our control someone you know that's caught wind of the pot like you know because uh you don't always get the best metrics with podcasts either. That's something that I do wish I got better from and I wish I got better reporting on it. All I really get is number of downloads and geographic location and like device. Uh that's basically all I get. I don't really get a lot of other stuff from them other than, you know, just posting on social media and where we always post and asking people questions to get some feedback. And occasional email comes through. I get a lot of friend requests on all sorts of social media. So as far as traffic, it's tough to really sell. I do know that I had Ryan Levesque on my show, and he, last year, Inc. Magazine voted his book the number one business book of 2015. And he did an interview of my show at the beginning of the year, in February or March, and I released. And he released a tracking URL on the show for people to get a copy of his book. And he came back at the end of the summer, August. They were asking if they could come on their show again because they'd gotten really good results. So, I mean, he obviously, you know, was getting something. And so, like I said, because I'm not selling my own stuff, to be honest, it's a bit of a mystery at this point. But, I mean, all in all, we drive probably around 10,000 clicks off social media in a month. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, like close to 2,000 downloads a week. And we're not really promoting it at all. Like, we're just sharing. Like, it's we are we're promoting it. We're not advertising it. Maybe that's what we say. It. You know, like we have a schedule. Like, Monday, you know, our, our episodes release and we make sure that we syndicate those. But it's not... You know, it's not really, like, it's not, it doesn't feel like an effort. You know, it feels like a light jog. Let's just put it that way. Um, but the quality, the other thing is not all traffic is created equal. You know, you can buy traffic. You can go on Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. a yes. five 100,000 visits to your site, but they're all going to bounce. They're not going to buy anything. So you got hot traffic, which is people who know, like, and trust you and probably have bought from you already. Uh, you have warm traffic—people who know, like, and trust you—but maybe have never bought from you. And then you got cold traffic—people that don't really know who you are and don't know if they like you or not. You know, and that's all going to convert differently. Which is why paid advertising is so important because paid advertising is meeting new people, and that's the lifeblood of every business. If you—you essentially a business that should be working itself out of a job. If you're a dentist; you got to fix them up and get them out of here. You can't have them hang around too long. It's bad for business. <laughs> give all the new people coming in a good feeling. So how do you meet new people? Well, you gotta get out into the public and meet new people. So that's again, that kinda comes back around. So with podcasts, it's it, you know, these people spend an hour depending on how long your shows are, you know, they follow it's like you and your listeners. They know you. You may not even know them, but they have a relationship with you. They know little intimate details that you don't even know you mentioned during your show. You know, and they like they there's probably some people that are fanatical about you. Girls that are probably in love with you, you know, like you don't just don't even know how the impact that you're having with this. So, um, anyway, so so traffic-wise, the quality of traffic is phenomenal, and I actually know a couple of people, actually Ryan Levesque is one of them, who did things like get on CNN and go mainstream and did podcast interviews and found the results from podcast interviews were so good that a lot of them focused almost exclusively on podcasts and radio shows because of that intimacy, where before it was almost too mainstream, I don't know, it just didn't convert very well, so... Uh, I would just say that the quality podcast, quality—they uh, tend to be more affluent people. Uh, yes, because it's an education medium, and then again, you know, they know, like, and trust you. So it's it's just great, and you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. You know, I have a buddy who's got a podcast, and he found out that one of the listeners of the show is one of the Fortune uh, Fortune uh, Fortune 100. CEO of a Fortune 100 company. You know, he's like, this guy listens to this guy's show, and that's, that's pretty just- badass. Right, you got this guy's here, but it's, they're all people, right? They're all still people, so yeah. So again, it comes down. I mean, you know, you've been in the game for a while, so I'm sure you you probably know more probably know more than I do.
0: We've got a uh, great guest with us today as we wrap up here with you, my friend. Uh, what 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 do you hope to accomplish the rest of the year heading into the uh, heading into the new year?
1: Well, the, this year I want to create a library of webinars that. Cover various topics, introductory topics. I want to get a coach, uh, like a a monthly subscription program, like a paid membership for people so I can try to track those 200 new multimillionaires I'm helping create better, get better feedback, direct feedback from people in the trenches on what they need and how I can best help them. And then, uh, really, that's it. I mean, I just want to get a lot of the products out there. I don't even care if I really make money on the info products, I just want to get them out there in the world and help grow the audience. And then do a couple of coaching programs, one being a membership thing, which would be like high volume, low touch, but then a higher touch, where I would probably interact with these people on a weekly basis and be you know much 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 more expensive and then of course i 've got high end clients that pay me very nice retainers to I call it my virtual VP of marketing program, where I sit in on their marketing meetings a couple times a week, and uh, usually that 's a retainer plus percent of earnings, and uh, really just do more of what i 'm doing just bigger and better better and help more people and and really I want to engage with people more I really want to hear from more people I really do I really want to hear from people like what are they struggling with and you know who should I interview next and stuff I I I will have to say
0: you you, you are not alone in the aspect that uh, (laughs) you wish you could hear from more people because I remember when I started doing internet radio there was all sorts of people that were you know chiming in calling in email and all this stuff well then all of a sudden this podcasting stuff happened and then it became people just listened, and they didn't communicate. you knew they were there because you'd go check your stats and oh yeah, I got like three thousand yep. people that downloaded an episode yesterday, yep. but yep. none of those, and you've you've got the likes on Facebook for instance with us we've got a we've got our own app we've got all sorts of things, and people download the app, and people like us on Facebook and tweet us and all the crap but I can't get anybody to call in. I can't get anybody to to correspond with us. Um, yep. The closest thing that I've been able to get on something like that is we've started doing a lot of interviews and things on on Periscope and Facebook Live and all this stuff. I can get people to be engaged there, but I, I can't get them to get a hold of me for or <laughs> anything <Yeah. laughs> listening at the radio show or the podcast or anything else but i, I know they're there <laughs> so, <One thing laughs> so it's weird you know,
1: know one of my clients does that she has it's not a podcast but it's it's kind of like a podcast it's not really an online radio show like, it's not live so it's recorded it's kind of like a podcast but she's not on the podcast channel if that makes sense yeah and um although now i'm wondering why not but anyways what worked for her is she actually created a Facebook group and would start promoting the Facebook group and how to find it on her show and in a couple of months she had three, four, five thousand 5,000 people join that group and that's <clears throat> that's kind of become where the engagement comes from it's not the whole that she has a bigger much, much, much bigger email list but it did provide some interact because she, she was saying the same this wasn't my idea this was her idea but she was saying the same thing that you were saying like I used to get a ton of engagement I don't know what happened I literally just went off a cliff they were, she was nervous she was like is is, is you know, are, is, are these bots are like spammers? You know, like what's what's happening? Is some software programmed down? Like are real people listening to my show or not? So she did that and the Facebook group thing really seemed to help. Facebook live probably works too. It's probably a great way. I mean it's I know it's only audio, but maybe you can just put a placeholder image or something. I don't know.
0: It's a it's a weird deal. <laughs> it's a weird ass yeah. deal, my friend. But yeah. uh I yeah. appreciate you being with us today. Before we let you go um promote everything how do we get a hold of you how do we listen all the stuff
1: sure so Daryl D-A-R-Y-L Urbanski Urbanski U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I find me all, all the social media channels if I'm not there I will be soon find me on the other one um, you know you can go to bestbusinesscoach.ca it's always under development you know sign up send an email tell us what you want or you can just search the, the best business podcast probably want to put my name attached to that as well and uh, sign up, find us, subscribe. There's hour-long interviews with people that have done literally hundreds and, and billions of, well, at least a billion of dollars. I got two people have done over a billion dollars on the show, and it's free. And like I said, these people charge like thousands of dollars for the time usually. And, you know, I've already spent the money for you. So just come and get it, you know, and, and just follow along. And, you know, I just want to say that implementation, not ideas, is what gets results. So every time like even right now if you've listened to this you've been inspired to you listen to this show and you get inspired at the time, every time you finish an episode you need to write down the three things that you need to do and three things you need to delegate for someone else to do and a deadline when both will be done and make it happen because that's where the results live. that's where the magic room is that's where everyone that's what everyone else has done that you haven't if you're not where you want to be you know it's about getting things done and whether you do it or someone else does it it has to get done don't think you can do it on your own. Build a team. Many hands make for light work.
0: Yes, I agree with that, my friend. Well, we're going to let you go for today. I appreciate you making time for us today, and thanks for coming on the broadcast. Thank you. Appreciate you
1: having me here. Yeah, it was an
0: honor and a pleasure. Definitely. Well, we'll be in touch. I definitely want to chat with you again soon. Have yourself a wonderful week, my friend. One Wonderful week, wonderful weekend. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Daryl Urbanski with us today. We are going to take a timeout. Thank uh-huh. you.